Hello again. This is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com. As most of you know, I'm a counseling astrologer with a background in the work of Carl Jung. I've been a professional astrologer since 1992 and have written five books. And today I'm going to do something a little different on this show. Uh, We usually talk about the nodes, the planets, and so forth, but today I'd like to treat you to a story. It's from my book, Saturn Returns, The Private Papers of a Reluctant Astrologer. This story is about two women, aged 29 and 59, who each are going through their Saturn Returns. And although the book is read like a novel, you learn a lot of astrology along the way. And the last section of the book is the nonfiction section, which describes Saturn in each of the signs and gives some advice with how to deal with these Saturn returns, which truly aren't bad in themselves. You know, they're turning points. And if you can handle change, you'll probably do quite well with them. But in our culture, there has built up some fear around them. And I think the more we know, the better it is. So this is the story uh, about Isabel. She is a self-described reluctant astrologer at the age of 59. And it's also about an elusive woman, Sophie, age 29. So this is chapter one of Saturn Returns, the private papers of a reluctant astrologer. Saturn Returns, the private papers of a reluctant astrologer. Chapter 1, Newport to Boston. Quote, it is never too late to be who you might have been. Unquote. George Eliot. The predictions coming true, I moaned aloud to no one, clutching tight to the steering wheel as the winds buffeted the car about as it crested the top of the Newport Bridge. Talking to myself would be a good way to keep awake. I was exhausted from the effort of leaving Peter and home, from the effort of keeping back my fear of this Saturn return. I don't believe in predictions, and I'm choosing to leave, I grumbled. How could I keep my mind and my driving I thought how everything felt worse because I was the predictor, the astrologer. I couldn't blame anyone else, but couldn't this be seen differently? Predictions meant something had to happen, and one could only react. This was different, right? What comforting words would an astrologer tell a client? What could I tell myself about how such a transit of these planets might play out in my life? I knew only too well the dangers of the Saturn return when the ancient malefic Saturn was constricting and conjuncting my son, Saturn, and Venus in the seventh house of marriage. And I knew only too well how the upcoming transit of Pluto, Lord of the Underworld, would also be squaring off to my son and challenging me for this next year. Both Saturn and Pluto were demanding change, and so I was changing, determined to cooperate with these archetypal gods rather than let them overthrow me. I was not going to be predictable if I could help it, but what was the change that was needed? 
I hate astrological words like malefics and benefics. Those heavily laden words were used in the ancient astrology books and have a way of lingering in the psyche. I reminded myself how life is less faded than it used to be. We have so much more choice. But I was still scared. I wasn't going to just sit there and let those, quote, malefics roll over me. I wasn't dead yet. I wasn't even divorced. Not yet. If I'd been doing doing a reading for someone, I would have found a way to discuss making bridges rather than flying over them like I was doing now in my car on this bridge. I would tell them not to look down or to look back as they crossed over bridges, both metaphorical and real. I would reassure them that they could handle any storm and not be afraid. But instead now, I looked down beneath me and shivered. The waters below were whipping themselves into menacing omens of white-capped fury. Was it foolish to think I could outrun the furies, accelerating a pulsing wave of adrenaline surged through me, or maybe that was just a hot flash? Another gust of wind shook the car. I looked down and out to the wild ocean below me once more and decided that was enough looking and pondering. No more looking back. No more astrological metaphors, please. I took the right turn exit onto Route 95. Better to be on land during a storm, yet the curve felt slippery and my neck tightened. The windshield was fogged. The sleet had turned to icy snow and swirled in front of my eyes. Oh, yes, any speed more than 40 miles per hour could turn into a slide and a spin. I had to hold tight and focus. I was going to reach Boston by dusk and check into that little hotel downtown one that I had walked by and admired many times. I laughed out loud, but the brain chatter continued. Was it cynical now, thinking about the word transformative? I was sick of all the euphemisms astrologers used to describe life and death situations, real or metaphorical. How do you describe the terrain of death, rebirth, and really hard choices How do you describe the irritants of change? Like a grain of sand in an oyster, of course. That's what I used to say. We need to secrete our wise juices around these irritants to create the pearl of wisdom. If my old life was dying, I needed to find a way to preserve the pearl inside of me. I remembered what had started this. I was reading the poet Rumi, and Hazrat Khan, such dangerous lovers of men and God. And I came across this quote. I looked for thee on the earth, I searched for thee in the heavens, my beloved, but at last I have found thee hidden as a pearl in the shell of my heart. Mm. Dangerous words to someone seeking their soul. Where is the pearl of wisdom in my heart? Life isn't as simple and deep as I wished it was. I could do better. And then there was the day I found these words from Oscar Wilde. Falling in love with yourself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. Oh, I had drifted far from that. But maybe like the phoenix, I'm rising from the ashes now. That feels good. I'm that metaphorical bird, that phoenix that was burnt in the flames 
and now was rising again out of my own ashes. I don't know if it felt more like being a reborn phoenix or an oyster in need of creating a pearl. Maybe I'm just a woman running away from a life she's outgrown. I needed to stop thinking and focus. My hands gripped the steering wheel as if the car was going to go out of control any minute. The windshield wipers fought fast against the mesmerizing swirls of oncoming snow. I hate this. I turned the music up high. Maybe it could turn fear into excitement, or maybe it could help me calm down. Ah, the be- the, the eagles singing Desperado. Oh, yes, you've got to let somebody love you before it's too late. Too late. That was depressing. I switched the channel. Andrea Bocelli singing Time to Say Goodbye. Oh, yes, that was better. Old songs so uncannily synchronistic and accurate in their timing, in their message. I was leaving Peter after 20 years of marriage. I didn't feel loved anymore, not the way I wanted to feel loved. That was the short version. I snapped the music off. There would be no more tears. I'm going on an adventure. Auspicious or unauspicious, this transit was not going to be a prediction of misery. Peter was right, though. I held too much fear. I had fallen under the impact of panic attacks before, but now I'm giving myself wings, and I'm the pearl in the making, right? I'm going to find the self that I could fall in love with again. The cars ahead of me were slowing down as they rounded another corner, but there, streaking across the sky, was another striking line, a blush of pink, looking like an arrow leading me on. Here was a good sign. Here was Venusian beauty, a comforting touch. That would have to be enough for the moment. Maybe another hour at most, and then I'd be on my old stomping grounds on Beacon Hill again. Reaching into my bag with one hand, I tried to retrieve my cell phone. Who could I talk to now? No one. There were no stars tonight, no ancient guidance, but instead a slippery road. My fear was escalating into incessant chatter with my inner astrologer. What could I say to ease the possible malefic aspects of Saturn? I heard myself mimicking my counseling voice. And what do you think about vitamin supplements during this time, or even antidepressants? Do you have any support system or someone you can count on now? My interior monologue wouldn't stop, and I could hear that smile in my voice when I would ask a client, have you looked at your north node? It's like the north star. You can use it to find your way. But there were no stars tonight. The prediction of death and endings had become easier to speak of metaphorically, and the rebirth following the deaths, but sometimes it simply isn't a metaphor. Sometimes it's a slippery road at dusk. Sometimes you die. The storm was easing up. I could see the fading light of the December afternoon was beautiful as I approached Providence. The highway lights had starkly outlined the bare tree branches, making them look like upraised arms, like the arms of people yearning for something. I like to search for the words to an image. 
What was it those trees looked like? I often thought that they looked like the glyph for Neptune in the chart. Neptune, that yearning planet. Mm, People, they looked like people raising their arms to the heavens, yearning for love. Those trees had deep roots, something I didn't have now. And what about this moment, this gritty, cold reality? I held on, knowing it would pass like everything else. But as soon as I could see the lights of Boston, the cars ahead were slowing down. It was looking like a major traffic jam. It was a bad transit. In the past, I'd always thought of a transit as simply being what was happening in the sky at the moment. I would look at a client's transits to know what planets were aspecting their birth chart. I'd make a bi-wheel on my computer and be able to read the future just a little. In this case, I'd be thinking Saturn, the planet of limitation, frustration, and delay and melancholy was transiting, uh, dancing with Venus, the goddess of love. No, I wouldn't say that, yet I would bet they weren't having a good time. What a cheerful dancer old Saturn could be, like a grumpy old man. But maybe the unpredictable and rebellious planet Uranus would throw in something I never expected. And maybe Uranus, that oddball planet, could give Saturn a little help in guiding me through Pluto's underworld as Pluto squares off to my sun. Of course, that was a worst-case scenario prediction, and few people have the lineup of all those planets arranged on their chart the way I did. All those challenging squares, conjunctions, and oppositions as part of their Saturn return. I'm determined to make the best of it. No transit happens before its time, I would always say. Astrology had a sacred geometry to it that I trusted, and within it was freedom. It all depends on how we choose to play the aspects out. As an astrologer, I would always say to others that challenging transits could be played out well with a dose of patience and insight. But now, what was this jammed up transit of mine. So what if Saturn was making his return and Pluto was squaring off to him as well? I was going to play it out with all the courage I could summon. And in this case, it meant leaving my marriage to Peter and starting out again. I needed a new beginning. But I sighed now at the long, slow lineup of cars approaching the city. I'd get there, but this was tiring, an accident and the side of the road had slowed everything down and looked for a boating. A car had flipped over. I passed the squashed car slowly and hoped there had not been a death. As we inched along, I could feel myself beginning to space out. Oh, the perpetual litany of my astrological talk was tiresome at times. The car in front of me stopped short as I slammed on the brakes and swerved from hitting it. Wake up, I scolded myself. Pay attention. Pay attention to the divine timing of things, I used to say. Pay attention was going to be my mantra now. I was going to do something different, and I was going to pay attention, to be as conscious as I could. Yet I knew I was divinely impatient. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for today, 
and hope you enjoyed that sample of uh, the first chapter, part of the first chapter of my book, Saturn Returns, The Private Papers of a Reluctant Astrologer. And this is on Amazon, and it's on Audible, and it's in Kindle, uh, ebooks, and uh, paperback. So it's available quite easily through uh, Amazon if you look up uh, my name, or you can easily see it and read some reviews about it on northnodeastrology.com, my website. And there you can see other uh, podcasts and free articles, a lot of material there you might enjoy uh, reading. And I'm curious if you listeners uh, enjoy me reading for part of this book or any of my books. And if you do, um, please, uh, you know, go to, to Apple or Spotify and maybe write a little review. I would love that. Or, or, or click on follow. And if I can get a little bit of um, feedback from you guys out there, some likes and follows and so forth, uh, I will keep uh, keep giving you an assortment of things. I am going to go back to very specific um uh, information and, and facts, and I think I'm going to be sprinkling it with all kinds of things. So we have some surprises coming up for you. So stay tuned and hope to see you coming back here again. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.